short people got no reason to live. <laughs> short people got no reason to live. They got little hands, little eyes. You know, she heard that song? They go in the kitchen every time. Don't want no short people around here. You've never heard that song? I've never heard that song. <laughs> it's an actual fucking song. It was a top 10 hit. Gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the first episode of Rebels Without a Pause. Dit, dit, dit. Featuring Brother North from Division X. Hey, what's up, world? What's going on? The Incredible, Unforgettable, Shameful Uptown Boogie Now. Here with my man Marcus. Uh, AKA Soul Marcos 88. Yes, yes. Feels good to uh, start this off, adventure into the unknown, but uh, we're going to have a lot of good times. I can already tell. Right. I can already tell. Um,. You know, I, I wanted to ask you something, though. Like, um, when we uh, decided on Rebel Rebel Without a Pause, what did that mean to you? Like, why Rebel Without a Pause? Rebel Without a Pause? Well, you know, there's two reasons. Number one, um, you love hip-hop. I love hip-hop. Um, one of my favorite groups is Public Enemy. I assume, one of you, you know, that's one of the greatest rap groups ever. Uh, Rebels Without a Pause... It's a perfect title. Title like we 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 live in a time where one cannot af- afford to conform, so we are rebels by our existence, and because we are taking up a public format, we are refusing to pause to the chaos that's going on around us. So that's why. Hmm. It's 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 an interesting name to me. Um, it gives us so much room to operate with different type of people right. um, who we consider rebels. And um, I, I feel as though like the fact that we're doing like an independent podcast gives us the freedom to do things and say things that most people are not allowed to say when they're working like in the corporate stu- structure. So right. like this is going to be fun. We have two very opinionated people Facts. Uh, on the mic. Um and um, we're definitely going to have a bunch of guests who are doing things outside the box. And like when I think of Rebel Without, Rebel Without a Pause, um, I think of just things being outside the box and um, doing things that are not the norm um, and communicating that to the public. Like mm. um, It's just like such a mundane world that people are just walking like, zombies and robots and um there's so many things going on in the world 
where people are doing things outside the box and this is to me like a perfect platform to expose that to people exactly. and let's try to get this message let's try to get these people who are thinkers who are doing things outside of the norm to the public so that they can see that there's hope in the world and there's something better than just getting up and going to work after you graduate from school you know and there's more there's more going on in the world that's that that that's on ig you know like we assume because we live in the era of social media that we think that the real world is like or reality or whatever is is more accessible but but what people don't understand and what what we're trying to do is just show show just more of the real like what, what people are doing on the ground um you know outside of the realm of, of of mainstream media and also social media yeah um social media has a way of confusing people facts um and like social media is like this bubble that people are trapped in and then this all of a sudden they can't relate to the real world and like they don't see other things happening because they're so caught up in this little bubble that they're in and their friends and the people that they surround themselves around and they're probably all thinking the same and then when they get to meet other people and are challenged to think outside of what they usually see and do and think like they don't know how to operate it's like they just shut down as, <laughs> as, as like 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 a computer they just shut down because they got the wrong information it's, it's even it's worse like, than, they caught a virus it's even worse i would even say they even worse than shut down they malfunction yeah yeah um um just like i love the idea of of, of just exposing people to something different i love the idea of uh learning because this is also going to be a learning tool. Oh, definitely. Uh, you know, there's definitely so much in the world to learn about. And um, just the fact that we're going to be doing this show is going to force us to go out and meet people that are outside of our circle. Right. And, you know, this is just perfect for, like, personal growth. I'm not getting paid to do this, but I'm getting no. paid in many different ways. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah, like, we, 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 we're going to we're gonna grow... Hopefully, a grow a following. <laughs> that's a, when you have a podcast. That that's really one of the the, the immediate uh, challenges is how to to grow a following. How like what are we about? Like how are we going to like really touch the masses? Because I don't want want this to be a show where only a few people are in the know. Like I really want this to be broadcast out to the world. Um, but um, I've actually like done a few podcasts before. Um, I co-hosted um, one of my friends' podcasts. Uh, his name, it, it was called The Mario Castro Experience. Had a podcast before this one. But North, I wanted to know, like, when I reached out to you uh, to do the podcast, like, what, 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 made you, what made you accept this challenge? Um, the idea of keeping communication lines open with all kinds of people. That interests me. Um, like I said earlier, it's a it's a, a platform for learning, um, personal growth. Um, I get the opportunity to talk to people that I would probably never get a chance to talk to and learn some things, and um, at the same time expose um, what I have been exposed to to other people who are, 
or not fortunate enough to walk in the circles that I've been walking in, but might be able to just tune in. Right. Or like tune in, like that's such an old radio term. But um, you know, they're just listening, and th- like I would really like it's appreciate the fact that we're spreading knowledge, and that means I'm receiving it and letting it out into the universe. Um, so like the idea of doing it, that's what really intrigued me. That's what's up, and also you're you're a rapper <laughs> as well. Like, so how does how do you, how do you want art? to influence the show well like you know my touch on art um within this show is is to talk about things from an artist's perspective um and hopefully have artists in here or do different things and hopefully they can explain the process of what it is to be an artist um how to go about doing their art and um that way, hopefully, it can inspire some people to, if they're creative people, to continue their growth and find different ways of doing it. Um, but, like, just as an artist, I just love to talk about music and um, have the conversation of beautiful things being created in the world reaching people. And that's kind of what I really want to do here, like, expose people to, like, artists who are doing really creative, beautiful things. That's dope. That's dope. And also, I think that we, we, we tend to pigeonhole the whole idea of art. Um, you know, we think when we think of art, I think we confuse art with entertainment. And art, to me, it's really about it's really similar to science where there is a process that one goes through. Being an artist means that you have into deep, really deep intellectual and creative capacities similar to a scientist. A scientist also have deep intellectual and creative capacities to ask the right questions to conduct, you know, the correct experimentation, you know, to make innovations and to, and to explore. I mean, it, 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 you said, like, it's like a scientist. It's like you, when you're an artist, you're taking things that no one else sees and making something. Right. So that people can see, um, th- that's what a scientist does sometimes. You know, right. like they see things in the world that no one else sees, and then they have to just bring it in and explain it to people so that the people can use it. They, the people probably would have never created it themselves, and an artist—that's what the, an artist does. They they see the world differently. They see things that other people don't see, and. And it's so obvious to the artist, yet it's not obvious to people who are not thinking artistically. Right. I think everybody has the capacity to be an artist. Of course. It just depends on what type of art we're talking about. Of course. You know? And I think we should, we should you know, when, on the show we're going to discuss art. We're going to discuss, you know, culture as a whole. So that when I think of, when I say the word culture, what do you, what do you think of? Um... Lifestyle, the way people live, mm. what's important to people, um, tradition. When I think like culture, culture. That's what I think of. Right. You know, like how are you living? What affects you? Like how are the you know, your everyday interaction and with the world and you, um, the way you see the world. 
and the way you were raised, right. things like that. You're right. You're right. And you know, and all, and we're going to approach it in a in a very artistic way. We're going to approach it in a scientific way. Um, I don't think there's really much of a difference between the two. Um, and I really hope that the audience will be engaged in this, in this journey. But I want to segue, since you're talking about being out the box and and artistry. You you were just at Afropunk. Mm, yeah, Afropunk, where uh, the out the box thinkers supposedly get together once a year in New York City. I I know they do it uh, in different cities around the world now, right. um, and it's all supposed to be in the spirit of freedom. Um, it's interesting. I don't know if they are actually following their own uh, ideas, but. Um, yeah, Afropunk definitely the people make it. You know, the people that come make it, regardless of what the uh festival has become, the people that come, they 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 make it. They make it the good time or the bad time or whatever it is for you. Um and it's 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 a pageant. That's what I call it. <laughs> um it's like I, I think like Afropunk could actually survive without like the artists coming to perform. They might they could just do one day of Afropunk fashion and let people just come and um, show off uh, their wares and their looks and you know be as out the box as uh, possible as as they want to be or you know you don't have to be out the box you just look like you know a guy who wears a regular t shirt and jeans it doesn't really matter just as long as people come and are free in the mind um, it's a wonderful event for people to go to. Um, but it's definitely changing. Um, it was the actual music aspect of it is no longer in the spirit of the original Afropunk. I will say that. Okay. Yeah, I didn't see any punk rock at all. So, so, so let's uh, let's let's backtrack because I'm familiar with Afropunk, and this is how I was introduced to Afropunk. I like punk rock. Um, you know, thank goodness for the internet. So, about ten years ago, actually, Afropunk put out a compilation album with a bunch of punk artists and I was like oh man I really want to check out this festival you know I, I'm like my primary music my primary two music is jazz and hip hop however I've never really been to a space where you know punk rock when you think punk rock you don't think black people so when you mix the afro and the punk I was like oh this is a place for us right. for people who are interested in this music to gather in this space and unity and to, and to be amongst ourselves and enjoy each other's company um, that's what I assumed was the the whole the whole vision of Afropunk. I've never been. Uh, can you possibly like give a little bit more background of of well, Afropunk? From what it, I mean, from ten years ago, that the original vision was that um, it was a festival for black punk rockers, and like they leaned uh, the music that they leaned to was you know punk rock uh, artists, uh, and they were black punk rock artists. And um, a lot of the people who felt marginalized and they didn't have a place, to a safe space for them to go and check out these artists, and that was their thing. And um, as the years have uh, gone by, um, it seems to have become more corporate. And I think the original vision is no longer the vision. I know the person that created it really is no longer 
part of Afropunk. He kind of like separated himself from it. Um, I couldn't tell you if that's because of, I guess, a change in the vision. But what I will say is the artists that are performing now at Afropunk, I don't believe they are part of the original mission. I think they've changed their idea. Um, it's grown. And some people might look at that as a positive. Some people might look at that as a negative. Um, it's a bit sad that, like, don't really see much punk rock on the show. Right. Like, I've been going to Afropunk for a good number of years now. And it gave me an opportunity to see Bad Brains, like, who I've heard about for years right. as a legendary hardcore group. And, you know, I got a chance to see Fishbone. Right. But other than them, oh, and um, Living Color. Oh, yeah. Saw Living yeah. Color. Um, Icons. I haven't seen too much black rock on there. Um, I mean, you, you, we can include Lenny Kravitz. But, you know, he's pretty mainstream. So right. um, they're just going in that direction. It's kind of become more of a black alternative um, music festival where... Art, black artists who operate outside of the mainstream but still are very recognizable, perform, you know, uh, and I think it's become a festival that that's geared towards that. Um, it's, it's still beautiful, the idea of, you know, like, bringing these artists together, like, on the same bill, but it's definitely not the same thing. Yeah, and, you know, with growth... You know, that comes change. Um, you know, one of the critiques I've heard about Afropunk is that, you know, they brand themselves as this, you know, pro-activist, you know, platform. But they're charging, you know, up to $500 to, to, to table at this event. Um, this was once upon a time a free event now it's it's a event that's being charged and i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because it's like i'm all about paying artists <laughs> if it's going to the artist it's okay but you know if you're just making yourself fat you know that's where it's problematic um, but this is america baby <laughs> this is america and capitalism rules and um yeah it's it's become a money grab um yeah. it's the activist organizations that are there if they can afford the what you say five hundred dollars five hundred five hundred dollars to sit at the to, to have a table there, more power to you. The grassroots artists, I mean the grassroots um, activist uh, groups that I know, can't afford that. Facts. Um, hey, but you know, some people. That's the difference between people that I guess do it professionally and people and people who are just out there on the front line, avant garde, like <laughs> just. Getting out there and doing it. Some people do it for the paycheck. Some people are doing it because they want to make change. And they're doing it for... for... Now, nah, I was about to say, oh, they're just doing it for the love. They're probably both doing it for the love. But, you know, when you're not getting paid, you're definitely doing it for the love. <laughs> right. You're definitely doing it for the love because it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. Um, and then we... Like, we live in a, in a society where the green has to eventually get into your pocket. At, because you have to pay for stuff. So, you know, I've talked to a lot of people who are 
I remember when Afropunk was free, and I was like, yeah, but you know, when Afropunk was free, you weren't getting Lenny Kravitz on the bill. Right. Um, you wasn't getting Solange or right. Janelle Monet. Like the like, if you want to go see these artists, you know, you pay. You have to pay for them, and it it bothers me a little bit that people complain about having to pay to go to the event. I'm like, um. Why is it the black event have to be the one that like people complain about things about it not being free? The black event has to be the free one. Yeah, you have a point. I mean, everybody, you will pay money to go see Lenny Kravitz at Madison Square Garden or wherever places he plays or Solange. At I mean, I, I know I paid to go see her at Radio City mm. um, last year. So why is it that when all of, when all these artists come together for a weekend? We can't come out of our pockets. Why is there a complaint? Well, you know, why is there a complaint? You're right. And why why should less known artists not be paid? Um, you know, I'm not saying that they should be charged like an exor- exorbitant amount, by the way. Like, you shouldn't be hit for like 40. I mean, it is a festival, so I don't think, you know, $40 for a festival is actually really good pricing. Hey, you know, I, you know That's I mean, like, really it's good not pricing. Coachella prices. Let's put Yo, it that way. like, it's actually really, really, let's keep it a buck. I went to Rock the Bells 2008 and 2009. I didn't pay $40. I paid like 80 And then I didn't pay for the 09 because my... Shout out to my sister. <laughs> Shout out to, to B. Uh, he paid for the ticket. And, you know, we were in the front row and that was well over $80. Hey, people got to get paid. And, and you want to see... The, your local artist, if the local artist is on the bill, uh, local artists don't really get on Rock the Bells too much. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Afropunk too much anymore. But um, you want to see artists get paid. Your artists should get paid. Right. You know, you, you like anything else, you don't ask a plumber to come over and fix your stuff and not pay them. Uh, and if an artist is going to get up on stage and perform, they, they should be paid. Um, there just has to be like a happy medium. I think uh, Afropunk does a great job as far as the prices are concerned. But um, I will say I think they have out, outgrown uh, the park that they uh, currently do it in. Mm. Um, this weekend, like I felt like everywhere I turned, I was bumping into someone. It was like, like I was like, God, like it's like there's no elbow room here. It's just thank goodness it's new. It's the new New York, not the old New York. <laughs> like, <laughs> the old New York that would have been a problem. Right, would have been a problem. Yeah, like um, it was so crowded. There was very little space. Um, I was in the front to see uh, Janelle Monet. It took me 20 minutes to get out from the front once the show was over. And I wanted to go to the bathroom and get some water. It took me 20 minutes to get out of the crowd. It was suffocating. It was claustrophobic. And uh, I don't know maybe if they oversold tickets. I don't know what the problem is. But it's just... Too small. I feel as like they need to take it somewhere else where there's a little more elbow room and things. Uh, you don't feel so claustrophobic in there. May also be an issue of permitting. Um, there's also a lot of other festivals that take place in the city, but it, it doesn't clash. So I don't know why. And also, like the the legend of Afropunk is growing. Yeah, I mean, I think part of you know, you, in my opinion, I, you know, and I could be very wrong here, is that. It's like, you know, it's a thing, hey, you know, they did it in Brooklyn and they've been doing it at this park for years and they want to keep some of the tradition. This is not the original place where they started, right. but 
it, they've done the majority of their events there. And I think they want to keep the tradition of keeping it in Brooklyn and keeping it uh, close by to a certain community. But they also have to understand that if they're going to be getting Janelle Monet, Miguel, and Erica Badu on the weekend, that is going to attract a lot of people. Right. And it might be they might be attracting more people than they can handle in that place. Um, it, it's it just really felt like everywhere I turned, I, someone was in my face and I was smelling someone's armpit. <laughs> it was that that raw. It was just that raw. Um, so, uh, interesting. Uh, was people wearing deodorant? Because, you know, this was a very free, <laughs> free crowd. Yeah, you know. It was, there wasn't hitting you with the crystal, right? No, nah, I was good. It was, it, was, it was the actual degree and... I think people, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think uh, the, the folks who don't wear deodorant, they stayed home or something. I don't, it, it, we, we, it was definitely good, but it was just, just way too crowded. But there was some other things, you know, like some logistic things that, like, they like their stage situation was a little crazy. Like, I don't understand why they had two stages, right, back to back. That really cramped, got people cramped in. Right. And I was just like, I don't know, that that's not making any sense. But um, they definitely need to figure out how to, Work that line situation also like it, like it took some people two hours to get into the park two hours two hours two that's hours outside the line to, to get inside that's that's a bit much that's unacceptable you know it's not like that's an event management problem yeah so like and I think part of it also is because the park is too small they're trying to funnel every everything into a, one entrance I mean you try to get like 10,000 people into this into one entrance right. 10,000 people into one entrance like, think about like going to Yankee Stadium and no. everybody going in at one entrance. No. That's chaos. That's, that's, that's utter chaos. Like, yeah. you, you need to have multiple entrances. You need to make sure that the lines are divvied up right. Uh, you got to make sure. I mean, luckily, like the heat didn't hit until like the last couple of days. But, you know, for, let, let's say it was like the last couple of days. That sounds like that sound like a, 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 some potential heat stroke can go down. Yeah. I, I, and you know, I, I didn't see anyone pass out. I didn't see any ambulances or anything like that. Thank, thank the maker, thank the, the universe. Every, every that it seemed as though most people came out of there healthy. Um, but yeah, it could have been a problem. Um, the one incident though that I found interesting is is a, a young woman got kicked out. Some folks got kicked out of. Um, the VIP section. They were invited into the VIP section, really? and they were kicked out of the VIP section because they wore a T-shirt that said that basically, uh, you know, called out Afropunk on selling out. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the uh, creator, the uh, I mean, well, uh, one of the organizers of the event saw them with the T-shirt and um, was like, you know, basically, you came to my house and dissed me. You got to go and kick mm-hmm. them out. And these are, and supposedly these are activist folks who are, who have that Afropunk has partnered with and have done things with them. Basically, has used them to mm-hmm. uh, get their message out and to connect with uh, social causes. Right. Uh, and then they invited them into the VIP section, but because they told the truth. They kicked them <laughs> out of the VIP section. Um, they told the truth. Yeah, because they told the truth. And Afropunk is supposedly about freedom. It's supposed to be, yeah. It's about freedom. So um, <laughs> that just goes to show you. And, it, like, and it, to bring the whole point home, 
Um, they have freedom of speech. You just have to watch what you say. And we look at the government the same way. And it's funny how something starts off rebellious and becomes a, and it started off as a space for marginalized people. Yet, yet when the money starts rolling in, people start behaving just like the oppressors. That's you know that's just like really, really, it's really typical. And it's, and unfortunately, like that's, and I don't want to come off like it's a condemnation of this Afro punk, but the, but you, you but there, there's a trend. You know, whenever there that there is something that is uh, you know supposed to be for the you know oppressed groups, you know once that green start coming in, attitudes change, things don't change. Money changes everything. Money changes everything. It's like you val like people's val like people you think uphold certain values don't really like have those values, and you know in the in the case of Afropunk and. You know, I'm happy to see that they're growing, um, and I'm happy to see that like the ticket prices are, are reasonable. But it's just a little unfortunate that you're charging five hundred dollars to table, <laughs> you know, and, and that you're kind of shunning your your your, your original audience who was who was grassroots organizers. I think it's uh, just a just a statement on America of things of what happens in America mm. um, the American the American Revolution started because they wanted to be free of the yoke of England and they wanted to live a certain way and they didn't want to become imperialistic and things of that nature they didn't want to be yeah. under the yoke of imperialism but it's funny how you become everything that you hate yeah that's once really, that's really you become quote unquote successful um, once you uh, start operating businesses and things of that nature um, it happens with our elected officials yeah. um, they get into the system and the system changes them greed and um, greed would do that Afropunk is not the only thing no. you know it becomes part of the system and it all comes down to capitalism changes everything. Yeah, capital. I mean, there's certain values, and it, it's really interesting that you know we said that they grew, and we think that when we when we when you hear growth, you know, one assumes that oh, in capitalism, capitalism in, encourages growth. I'm like, well, no, actually, every most systems in, encourage growth, but what capital capitalism encourages is greed. It encourages the mentality and the more, the, more, more. Yeah, just more, 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 more. more like in like, hoarding, hoarding. That's what it is. <laughs> more, more, more. Bigger, bigger, bigger. By more, any more, means, more. by any means necessary. By any means necessary. Yeah. Whether it's ethical or unethical, uh, we're not implying that Afropunk is being unethical, but at the same time. You know, just keep just just keep it just keep, you know, just keep it real with your your core your core audience. I just find it funny that some, that they would kick someone out for expressing themselves. Yeah. Where this is supposed to be a platform for expression, where all kinds of expression is is on the on the table at Afropunk. Anyone except, that's been except, there, anyone that's been there, sees all kinds of things, all kinds of messages. Yet 
<laughs> if you critique the elders, that's a, that's a problem. Right. It's like it's not like you're promoting hate speech. That's the one thing that I'm like, yo, that's a no no. Point blank. Period. But yo, it's like it's amongst it's amongst black people. Black people tend, uh, not always, but we we tend to be loving. And it's, and it's a very a lot. It's a it's to me, Afropunk has always been a festival where black people can love themselves for being themselves in a society where we we're not allowed to be ourselves. And that's the reason why I still go. Mm. That is the reason why I still go, because everything comes with a little bullshit. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. We, we go on vacation. There's always those moments of strife. You know, you get to the airport and, and they check your bag too much. You you know, something happens while you're on the plane. You know, you know a little delay, turbulence. Um, sometimes people lose bags. Um, uh, you get to Miami and it's raining that first day. It's always something. But the fact that um, the people, the people that go just are so happy to be there. Right. And to let their freak flags fly. Fly. And people just look genuinely happy to um, be in a place where they feel safe to express themselves in all kinds of ways. Because as I was online and I was looking at um, some of the people that were there, I was like, you know, some some of these folks, the way that they're dressed and the way that they're carrying on, there are certain places in this city... Or, and there are many places in this world that they can't go and behave that way without being in uh, danger of physical violence. Yeah, that's that's so, absolutely real. So, um, the love vibe and the music will always keep me going. Um, and, you know, as with everything, I have to always balance the decision year to year depending on how I feel about things. Right. But um, the one drawer that will always bring me in is the, is the love vibe in the air. Right, that's dope. That definitely, you know, I definitely want to check it out. I feel like that's that's some that, that's a festival I always wanted to go to. I just haven't had the the, the chance. Um, sometimes I have to choose one concert or another. <laughs> you know, you know how it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, you know, you got to pick and choose. What, what you go to? I'm thinking next year we should go and sell nutcrackers on the side of, <laughs> and we can, we can see the show and get and, and get a little money on the side. Yo, yo, police wasn't bothering anybody. They would let yo. the kids sell New York nutcrackers si- on the side in yeah. New York City. Yeah, man. In New York City, yeah. in Brooklyn. Yeah, they were yeah. leaving. They were leaving black folk alone. Yeah. And it's well, there was. I think there was just too many uh, too many black folks there with with with, with Doc Martin. Combat boots to to, to <laughs> fuck with us. <laughs> no, whole jokes. Like, yeah, they was letting people rock, man. Then kids were selling they they nutcrackers on the side. They was getting their hustle and money on, and and I, I'm not mad at them. They were um, doing what they had to, you know, doing what they doing. Yo, rent out here is outrageous. You got to get it how you live. Man. You got to get you got to get it exactly, exactly. Shout out to the NYPD for once for leaving us alone. <laughs> <laughs> One time out the year, maybe that's like a, a that's maybe, a holiday. Maybe, maybe it ought to become a holiday. Yes, yeah, Afro punk. Yeah. Hey guys, it's Afro punk. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, man, like Afro punk. I think Afro punk is 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 really a, a representation of of an idea of a space where, where where oppressed people, specifically black people, because black people, let's just be very clear, 
in this country has always been the bottom of the most bottom in the social total pole. Right. Facts. Um, Facts. You know. You know, it's one we, thing that we t- we didn't talk about though. What well, we didn't talk about the music. I oh, yo, we yeah, yeah. Not talked about. Let's the talk music. about the music, man. Like we we we've been on. Oh, what well, I got a chance to see. <laughs> yeah, what you what did you see? Because because the bill was tight. The bill they had a whole bunch of artists, a whole bunch of DJs. I wanted to see artists that I I grew up listening to, artists that like I respect the artistry. And you, we got to see see a few of these cats. So 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 name your favorite performance first. Oh, Miguel. Miguel's um, performance was. Yeah, top notch. That was a top notch performance. Um, that dude uh, really puts his heart and soul on on the stage. Wow. Um, and I definitely, you know, like whoever his trainer is, they should get like a, a bonus because I've the only the only person I've ever seen dance and sing the way he carried on without. Losing his voice, breath, or whatever was Michael. Mm. Um, oh wow, that's that's a, high, high praise. That's because high you know, praise. now I'm not. He, he he doesn't dance like Chris Brown or, or like or, or Usher, right. but um, he's he's definitely like it's a very physical performance that he gives, and there are times when he, you know he really does a lot of spins and dances. Like James and, Brown, not, not as intense as James, but it's there. It's um, there. Okay. It's there. It's a lot of movement and. You know, his his, I was impressed with his vocal performance more than anything, like because it was so close to how he sounds recording, like his 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 the actual recordings and the live uh, performances are not that different. So you're saying his albums are now overproduced? No, no, it, like you you know all all the uh, auto tune and effects that people put on other people's voice that's not happening with Miguel um, how he sounds on in, in, on, on the songs is how he sounds live um, he, he had a, he had a great set um, I'm a semi Miguel fan you know like I like I've listened to like his his albums and I, I like the last one uh the one before this one with coffee in the morning was kind of long, and of course the second one that was was, was great. Um, but like he really just pulled a lot of good stuff together, and um, yeah, he gave a great performance. Janelle Monae was was phenomenal. This is like the third time I've seen her, and um, hasn't been a drop. Mm-hmm. Like you know, you would think maybe uh you know she became an actress and she got that. Uh, endorsement money. She might want to relax and chill. And no, she gave uh, music is where her bread and butter is. You can see it. Um, she brought that heat. She brought it. She definitely brought it. Um, and 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 by the way, with Janelle Monae being an actress, by the way, she's in like Academy Award winning films. Yeah, like she's a top tier actress now, without a doubt. Um, and still bringing the heat. Yes. And I mean, and her her show was a little stripped down compared to like I think what a uh, a full tour will be. She didn't have any background singers with her this time, um, but she had like a full band and she had some dancers. Her dancers definitely uh, were entertaining to watch. But regardless of how good her dancers were, you didn't stop looking at her. Janelle Monae was 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would say Miguel and and, um, and and both of them were on equal plane. Uh, I, I can I can see that. Um, like, I well, did they do that? Did they do that duet? They have a song together. They do have a duet together, but because they performed on separate nights, they did oh, not do it together. Man, that song is that song is yeah. beautiful. Um, Janelle Monet did perform it. But she performed it without Miguel on... She performed it on Sunday. Miguel performed on Saturday. Right. Um, um, I was exposed to a artist named Fantastic Negrito. So, something like like that. Um, he came on kind of early in the night. Right. Um, when most people were uh, just getting there and setting up their blankets so they, they could catch the headliner. Dude tore it down. Like... I was taking a nap, and I was very much bothered by the fact that he kept waking me up with good music because <laughs> I needed that nap. Because I, I didn't get it. Because I saw him on Sunday, right. and I didn't get a chance to sleep much coming home from Saturday's event. Yeah, what, um, what, what kind of music? What, what genre of music was, was his brother playing? Well, you know, just like the show, out the box, out the box, out the box. What I do know is he's from the Bronx. Oh, BX. So he's from my hometown. So. Uh, that made me extra proud, but I was already impressed with him before he said that. He said that at the end of his set, um, I saw her, who has a big buzz on yeah. her. Um, um, she was she was solid. She was solid. Uh, I was a little annoyed at the fact that she was an hour late. Now I'm not saying that's her fault. Right. Um, right. Like, that is one thing that Afropunk definitely needs to get together. That whole, like, you know, if you tell me someone's going on stage at 7, and it take an hour to set up your stage, like, come on, get that together. Yeah. Like, there was a little bit of chaos, and we didn't know who was on and what was going on because some people got skipped because, like, people missed their times. And, like, she was, uh, her was, was supposed to go on at a certain time. She went on, like, about an hour and a half later which made me happy because that gave me the opportunity to see her because I was I was still online when she was supposed to be getting on right um so her being late I, got, I was able to catch her um phenomenal DJ set from Just Blaze oh man Just Blaze is one of the, my favorite producers phenomenal DJ set and here's the thing I was online trying to get in for an hour on Saturday right just Blaze's DJ set is what I heard while, as we were going around the park. And that made it a little bit easier to deal with. Because, like, where you were online, that's what you heard, the what, DJ set. What was he spinning? Hip-hop. Um, he, you know, he he went through his catalog of hits. Woo! And, that's, a lot um, of, that's, a lot of, that's a lot of joints. That's and, a lot of bangers. I like the way he was able to um, play the original samples. Mm. And he, he'd give you like 20 seconds of the original sample to let you know well, this is where I got it from. And then, boom, in came the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the track that he, uh, he, he made with the, with the sample. Um, he, you know, he, he kept it classic. Uh, and it was, it, it was interesting to see because, you know, it's supposed to be Afro-punk. And sometimes people think that when you say Afro-punk, that means not hip-hop. But... The whole line was grooving, like yeah. You know, when, when when played right, man, hip hop makes the. I mean, it's, it's just such a universal, such a universal uh, music. But people and makes everyone really come together and have fun. What people don't remember is that actually hip hop and punk used to be really close together. Yep. Um. Uh. What's my dude from Brooklyn who knew, it was like really close to KRS One? 
uh, Just Ice. Just Ice used to be a, 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 a bodyguard, you know, for punk bands back in the day. Hey, um, well, you know, uh, Bambada and right. his whole Zulu Nation movement, they took hip-hop from uptown to downtown to play like Dixie Club in places where um were traditionally punk rock right and um that's how Madonna all of a sudden had like traces of hip hop stuff in her early career right. like, like like I think like Madonna had like a name belt right. when she yeah, first I remember that. that that was totally hip hop and that's all coming from like New York City cross genres crossing each other um the, the Africa Mambada and his old Zulu Nation used to definitely bring um, hip hop downtown. That's how you ended up getting Blondie, Fab Five, Freddie as well involved with hip hop. That's how you had. Uh, that's why Wild Style the movie even happened. That's just a fact. And um, who else was um, the Cold Crush had like a song called Punk Rock Rap and like you know this is all stuff that that gets swept under the table. I mean, Run DMC did the like you know the big rock record, but there was something happening beforehand. Um, and the Beastie Boys used to be a punk rock band, right? And they got exposed to like the pure art form of a DJ cutting his, at records and the MCs rapping or you know routines and like you know the nineteen seventies routines that like people don't remember that that was the origin of hip hop. And the Beastie Boys, that's their introduction to hip hop so punk rock hip hop they've kind of floated around each other for a long time yeah and then with P.E. working with Anthrax you know the Anthrax is a, is, is when in the bit in a what they call the, the big four of thrash metal Little. them being from New York as well right having that solidarity and right. also them being political right and, and, and that's yeah and that's that's the thing rebels are rebels a rebel yeah and, and rebels always um, they could, you know, like like Jo says, you, you look familiar. If you if you look familiar, you look familiar, and, and it's like real recognize real. Rebels re- recognize each other, and um, in New York, the middle finger's attitude has always been a, 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 a dominant thing, and um, the fact that you know you have. Afro punkers rocking the hip hop. It's just all one big middle finger up in the air. <laughs> well, having a good time. It's, you know, all ha- it's all about peace, unity, and having fun, which is the the original essence of hip hop. And even and it's really interesting. Like even the missions of punk rock, it was it was actually really similar. Well, it depend it actually depend on what type of punk rock you're listening to. If you're listening to Straight Edge, you know I remember Bad Brains was pushing PMA positive mental attitude. For example, you know, like that—that's hip hop, you know, originally. And that sounds like some hip hop shit. That sounds like that sounds like, like like you know uh, a hip hop gang and shit, like you know <laughs> one of them positive hip hop gangs from like the nineteen eighties. Yeah, you know, we got the positive mental attitude. True. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Word. That, that's that sounds like like you know like like a five percent le- uh, lesson positive that's mental attitude. That, is, that does sound like some five percent. Yeah. Oh <laughs> man. Building with the gods and the earths and all that, but it's what's dope, and what I hope to hear in the future, and what I hope to see in the future. You know what? I really would like to see more more punk punk and Afro punk. (laughs) 
Now, yeah, like, even if it's just the opener, I, I like seeing openers because, like, me as a person who doesn't operate in that world, like Afropunk was the opportunity for me to learn about uh, new bands. Like, I remember the first time I I went to Afropunk and I found out about a couple of bands. There was one band called Vintage, and I saw them twice really? uh, on, on Afropunk, and I really dug what they did. And like, I don't know what's happened to them. Um, and they they definitely do like a thing where like, they have battle of the bands where like a lot of local bands, you know, uh, get involved and try to get on the bill. But like, I just wish they did and kept and brought back some of these bands so that you know the few people who are like interested in finding out and learning about new music, like we have a place to go because like. I'm not. I, I, I can't call myself a punk rocker. I'm not an expert on it. Right. So I I would love the opportunity to learn, and um, I'm sure I could do it on my own. But then the bands, let's say I find out about a band, like I would love to see them play Afropunk, just to give them the opportunity to expose themselves to so many people, and hopefully you know get a paycheck. Um, like there's a there's a specific band right now. That I that I hope eventually gets on. Um, they call Major Taylor. Um, I suggest you guys check them out. I'm gonna Ma- check them out. Major Taylor. I performed with them at a f- outdoor event at Fort Greene Park, and they went on stage after us. And you know, I'm here thinking this is gonna be noise. It's gonna be crazy, and. They got on stage and it was noise, but the type of noise that just made me want to like break something <laughs> in a good way. Like my spirit was just so high after watching them. They gave like a twenty-minute performance of just high energy, hard rock. It wasn't like you know, like Fallout Boy or whatever that shit. Nah, was. man. This was like some shit. It was like, raw. It, it was, was New York. Raw. It, it was, was New York, DC. Perfect. Perfect word for it was Roy. It wasn't something that you know you're gonna get on Z100. It was nah, something. It, it was something that makes you want to be 16 again and like you know come in your room and kick something. And, and like it had that type of energy. I um, like that type of energy. And, and I would like to see that at Afro Punk. That would actually make me come early because I know they will put those bands on early. Yeah. Yo, do you think you think that that guitar music is dying? Guitar music? Yeah, specifically guitar music. I was actually talking to a friend of mine, uh, this friend that happens to be white, and it, and we were just like, "Yo, it doesn't seem like rock is, you know, with the with the electronica, with the different brands of electronica coming coming out, and the DJ coming back to the forefront, which is great for hip hop heads, but you know, I also like rock music, and it's not as dominant anymore." Well, uh, his, I've been saying this since two thousand and about. Five, seven. The last rock revolution was like around 2003 when the Strokes and yep. and the Vines and the indie rock movement and, 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 and um, Kings of Leon were new, new bands. Yeah. Um, and Fran- Franz Ferdinand as well. Yeah. Yeah. During that vein, there hasn't been uh, um, a new crop of, of bands that have hit the mainstream because I know it, you know when we say. There's nothing out there. Yes, there is. There is. It's out there. It just hasn't gotten to our ears yet. Right. Uh, right now, there's some kid 
who is playing the guitar at some club and tearing the place down. We just have to be exposed to that person. Um, but um, as a mainstream force, rock, you said guitar music. I would say hard edge rock guitar because there's always going to be like a little bit of guitar here and there and soul and all, all forms of music, you know. The guitar can be used for so many different forms of music, but um, that hard edge, Jimi Hendrix, Led Zeppelin sounding music, um, yeah. As a mainstream force, like getting on like mainstream radio, uh, that's gone. And I think part of the reason why it's gone is because uh, there's a real platform when it comes to like mainstream radio and mainstream media outlets. MTV doesn't play videos anymore. No. Nope. Um, Radio is not as important as it used to be, and plain simple, radio sucks. <laughs> um, Straight up and down. It, it, radio sucks, so you might have classic rock, but once you have classic rock, and this is why I, I'm kind of against classic hip-hop stations, um, if you're going to do classic rock, introduce new artists that are doing the classic sound. Mm. Because then it'll push... Um, I feel as though it'll push the genre forward and it'll keep it alive. If you're constantly pushing out the old artists and, you know, the people from the heyday of 92 and 1960, whatever, you know, when it comes to rock, hard edge rock, it's just, it becomes museum music. Um, so uh, I think as a mainstream music right now is dead. The sound is alien to kids. Um, it is. If you play like a hard edge rock song to a kid, it's gonna probably sound grating on that kid's ear because they never really heard it before. They've been so used to listening to EDM and um, trap to music, trap. Um, so it's 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 gonna be a weird sound, and in music, the kids duplicate and repeat what is successful and what is uh, making money and what is quote unquote cool. Grabbing the mic talking shit and having tattoos on your face is what's cool right now. So like um, the idea of like you know I'm going to learn how to play this rock guitar and and, um, have a rock sound that's not cool to kids anymore and that's not and, and that's you know race um, ethnicities yeah, across all across. All boundaries. When it comes to the youth movement, hip hop has taken over, um, and the only people you see in the mainstream with a guitar in their hand are country musicians. That's true, and even country musicians are not really playing. Even they're fusing their stuff heavily with like R and B and and other styles of music. Um, so that's like really interesting to just see like. The evolution of music in America today. Um, what well, we're in the era where just like live musicianship is kind of looked at like, what's that? Um, You're right. Uh, pr- producing music, creating music, um, has become something that people could do through software, right? Um, through computers that they don't actually have to know how to play. So, um, if you're looking at all of the successful artists, 
that um, that that you know that are on your playlist, and you don't see them playing any instruments, uh, more than likely you're not going to play any instruments either. That's right. So, um, people copy what's successful, and right now DJ culture and uh, hip hop, trap, EDM, that's what's dominant. Airport reggae. <laughs> Airport reggae is All of hot. It is dominant. Airport reggae is really dominating the charts right now. You have a bunch of uh, non Caribbean artists using reggae dancehall tracks uh, to uh, dominate the pop charts. All of that is hot right now, and that's the sound you're going to hear for a while till somebody gets bored and say, I'm going to do something new. Yeah, at that Afro pop is pretty big, at least in New York. Love Afro pop. Like, that's another thing that that they were playing to backtrack to uh, Afropunk. Um, I do give them credit for in, having like an international feel this year. You know, uh, they had artists from all over the world. As it should be. As it should be. And, and, be, and since they're doing Afropunk in like, you know, Paris and South Africa and Atlanta... It makes sense that they would have some of those artists. Uh, there was a uh, South African group that it was a South African sister who was like a like a South African rapper, and I didn't catch her name because I came in in the middle of her set, or like she had just started. But um, I walked in, and all I know is my chest was moving up and down like doing a heartbeat with my shoulders, like boom, boom. Boom, boom. And whatever she was doing, she rocked for like five songs straight mm. and had me dance. And I was like, I don't know who this is, but I'm going to find out. Well, I, I have to actually look on their program to find out who she was because she was great. And, and you know, that, that, that speaks to another another great thing about Afropunk is just like connecting the African diaspora as a whole. Because it doesn't matter where you are in the world. It's like we, we go through really similar stuff. And I learned this like listening to... Um, you know British hip hop like Skepta you know where he said like he had a line where he says like you know following around the store like I don't got two two pounds to pay for this juice and I was like they do that in England too? (laughs) Uh, Here's one for you Um, I saw a Palestinian documentary and on Palestinian rappers and they couldn't understand they didn't speak English Um, but they were watching Tupac videos and the images that they saw in the videos was something that they could relate to and they felt as though Tupac was part of their struggle because they did the same thing like the police harassment the the, you know the the, the constant uh, 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 government officials in your face and like they specifically pointed to, I don't know which Tupac video, but they were talking about how they were running from the cops and how the cops were throwing them up against the wall and had black men up against the wall. And that was something, they were like, oh, like, black people are going through what we go through here in Palestine. Right. You know, so, the images and the, and the music, you know, the, 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 the conditions of the ghetto are the same everywhere. It's the same everywhere, man. It's the same everywhere. But I think we're gonna, we're gonna wrap up the show. On that note... Thanks for tuning in to the first episode of hopefully many episodes of Rebels Without a Pause. Yes, the rhythm, the rebel. This is Soul Marcos 88. This is the incredible, unforgettable, straight for Uptown, Boogie Down. They call me Brother North of Division X. 
Peace. This is a Soul Marcos production. production. production.